everybody this is apple trees third episode of the third season um we have Vladimir again <laughs> yeah we waited for this episode for too long i think we wanted to have an episode on uh swift evolution and i think we even promised something like that in our previous episode but no <laughs> the, the, this episode will be dedicated to um our hopes and predictions for uh wwdc so sorry about that we will probably have to review the Swift evolution later. Uh, and depending on how WWDC will go, it might be like much more into the future. We, we will see. As of now, we... Um, by the way, maybe we can recap something. I mean, let, let's maybe start with that uh, before we will go into all this stuff we think... We will not happen. name it. Yeah. yeah, we will not, not name this uh, stuff that's going to happen on WWDC, I believe. Yeah, so... Uh, Again, we are getting back to our uh, Rust, uh, not intro, but just part of our uh, episode about Rust. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, thanks, Apple. Again, uh, we have something new from Rust in Swift. So there are two. One, like, it's mostly Rusty uh, in a good way. Uh, Swift uh, evolution proposal and one more somewhat similar, but not very much. <laughs> so uh, actually, I have their numbers over here. So one of them is uh, 390, and another one is 377. So okay. uh, they are tightly coupled because they all about memory management. And specifically about memory, uh, memory and parameters ownership. So, so yeah. ownership so. manifesto is getting implemented, right? Gradually. Uh, gradually, not in a best way, but still, yeah, it's going somewhere. But I would say that in current situation, when uh, Swift team has to support both IRC and their new idea. Uh, that might be not the like worst way to do this. So uh, going back into details, um, SE0377 is about borrowing and consuming parameter ownership modifiers. Uh, people who uh, at least tried writing in Rust know about this borrowing model. So borrowing means that someone else own uh, the piece of memory, some object, and they just uh, lend this uh, parameter, this pointer, someone to to use it for a while. Uh, so in this particular um, Swift evolution proposal, they talk a little bit about motivation and like what this means in general to borrow and consume parameter. And here, it's I um, I cannot say that I one hundred percent understand uh, like their motivation because they not try to implement it the same as it's done in uh, Rust. Because in Rust, the idea is that you can have only one owner. If you want to have uh, somewhat uh, retail, uh, like reference counting, there is a special type for that. Okay, two of them. Uh, but uh, in normal use case, you create a, uh, a variable, some, uh, and uh, there is no uh, there's no classes in Rust. Yeah. 
there's only structs, but of course some structs can be allocated on heap, some on stack, so that's okay. And uh, if someone create, for example, in some function, in main, in main function, we create a variable. So we either can uh, own this uh, variable for whole lifecycle of the application, and we can borrow it to someone, to some to some struct, to some uh, functions, whatever. And yeah, yeah. Uh, just just quick note from my side. I think the idea in Swift is not to replicate, but rather guide the ARC methods to be added or like I mean the the basically they removing retain releases uh, where they will not be appropriate. Like. Um, yep. So the, the retain releases basically uh, should be thread safe operation and therefore it's like very time consuming. So if you can remove any retain or release, that should improve performance significantly. Like uh, yeah, but uh, so we need to also think that so in this case borrowing, as far as I understand, uh, it also can apply to value types. Yeah. which doesn't have any uh, reference counting. And so technically, we're going to have normal way to just uh, initialize some, I don't know, container, not array, but some, something, something something big, and just borrow it, give it uh, to read, and that's it, and return it back. It will be probably non-modifiable. So, and this is, so in general, Apple... Uh, now going back to somewhat manual <laughs> memory management, but in a good way. So in their motivation, they say that uh, under the hood, we use both these techniques, both borrowing and consuming. But we know that in some cases, uh, developers want to manage this manually and specify what type of ownership they want to use in this particular case. Um, what is a little bit strange in this proposal is how they propose uh, using, like, uh, how to work with self. So, for example, if you uh, uh, want to make sure that some method can consume self or borrow, you have to prepend a function, uh, like before a func, you have to put consuming or borrowing, similar to mutating. Yeah. And yeah, this is like, this is okay for like, if you compare this to mutating, but in general, this looks mm, a little bit strange. So this is just implicit self. This is okay, yeah. but yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of about this, but... Uh, I'm not sure that this will touch every developer on planet. Uh, however, do you know what to do with this? You can do a lot with that and optimize your memory management and especially memory copy, which is often very time-consuming operation. Right. By the way, does this affect the uh, Swift 6, right? It's not something planned for... 5.9. Uh, so this is implementation Swift 5.9. Okay. Without no implicit copy constraint. What this means? This is something about copy. Yeah. So they just tried to show how this work in different cases. So. Uh, and the, the, uh, the good thing that if you uh, declare some parameter as a borrowing, and then you try to assign it to uh, to a variable, to another variable, compiler will fail because it says, okay, this is borrowing. You cannot consume this because right. assignment 
to a variable, this is consuming operation. So uh, this is pretty good. And why I said that it's tightly coupled with uh, 390, because uh, 390 is about non-copable types. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-copable structs and enums. Uh, so finally, we have an opportunity to declare something that cannot be uh, copied. For example, you have some... So in their example, they use file descriptor as a um, like example, uh, because file descriptor should be... In the best way, it should be in one place. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, using class for storing it may be not very useful. So in this case, you can declare this file descriptor. So wrapper around file descriptor as non-copyable type, and it will not allow to copy. And here we have we can use borrowing mechanism. So we can work with that uh, parameter, but we cannot uh, like copy it, work with it somewhere else. So this is something that looks very interesting for me, and probably uh, both two proposals, borrowing and non-copyable types, this is something that uh, can help me in my daily life. Not so much, but sometimes. Yeah, and I think one thing uh, it can improve is actually making Swift this uh, system language. So when you have to deal with the, these um, C APIs, with the, all the stuff which you like, typically don't touch when you just develop your macOS or iOS applications, but when you want to deal, uh, deal with something like, again, file descriptors or handles which are... And you want to make the, those uh, APIs a little bit more friendly and a little bit more safe, then these things yeah. should help. Yeah, I can even rewrite my SQLite wrapper with that. <laughs> I will yeah. think about it. Okay, um, we so promised did, we yeah. did this. So yeah, we, let, let's let's get back to this as soon as we uh, hear something on WWC. I mean, I I still want to see their path to Swift six because that. That will be, I think it will Sorry. be ABI bro- uh, breaking release, right? I, do, do I remember correctly? So they will be changing the binary interfaces and, of Swift, course, source code compatibility. Swift 6, yes, but Swift 5.9, no. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's, it's only Swift 6. So they, they, they promised that the Swift 6 will, I think it will, it will be coming either later this year or maybe next year. So they, they're still very cautious about the Swift 6 and they plan to have Swift, uh, Swift 6 binary interfaces stable for much longer time. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure about the source code compatibility, but also that they, they now added a couple of um, uh, compiler modes. So you will still be able to compile the sources from the previous uh, Swift language. Uh, ah, so for people who tra- uh, successfully uh, transited from uh, Swift 2 to Swift 3, oh, uh, this one be an issue. Yeah, so I think that that won't be an issue. They will they will cover that. But okay, I think the oh, sorry like, sorry yeah. one 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 yeah. last thing. So I forgot about this one. So three hundred eighty. Okay. And it calls if and switch expressions. Oh finally. yeah. Yeah. Finally, this is so good. So for people who don't understand what this is, so now to for example, imagine you have some variable I don't know ID and you have an if that decides from where you should use should like copy this id in uh, now you have to write let id uh, string then if and inside if id equals 
Well, now you can write let id equals if or switch. Or switch. Oh, finally. Yeah. So if is an expression. This is so beautiful. I love this. Right. Yeah, that, this is something which uh, definitely... Uh, this will impact say, our life. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think, inspired by Rust. I, I'm not sure about other languages which had uh, if and uh, switch as expressions. Um, I'm, I'm not... I remember exactly this from sure. Scala. <laughs> oh, maybe. So. Okay. Okay. So, it's, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fun functional uh, languages, maybe, maybe they have something like that. But th this is definitely a huge thing. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that will be. I, I also had a couple of places in different projects where I would love to see switch as an expression, and it will be make code a little bit more like nicer to to read. But okay, that 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 helps. Okay, um, since we are still talking about the, our predictions, let's now recap our our previous episode. So, ChatGPT, Apple, like. No news from Apple on ChatGPT or any other generative uh, AI based on large uh, language models. No okay. papers published anywhere. From yeah, Apple, guess. but the thing is that after that episode, there are a couple of news um, regarding Apple hiring uh, AI engineers, like many AI engineers. So there were a lot of positions open for the AI teams, and there were a couple of rumors saying that. Well, actually, Apple knows that this hype exists. Well, okay, we we, we kind of they heard about that. Uh, yeah. At least they they read it about uh, about that somewhere. Yeah, and they're actually working on a couple of projects. And um, let's do a prediction game. Like my idea was, if Apple is uh, like evaluating these uh, language models, what they uh, what could they do with that? Well, obviously Siri, right? But probably not this year. I mean, it's like too early. And my main idea here is like, if you put this model into Siri, um, you should be, you need uh, this model to be predictable. So this model should this model should not start, I don't know, some Nazi wars or uh, don't use obscenity on users or anything. And Apple really needs this to be true. So they can't rely on, well, in like 99% cases, it will not. But well, like this 1% of the users will be a lot of users uh, hearing something bad from the uh, uh, from such kind of model. But so again, I, I think they are working on, C on redoing Siri. And I also read a couple of rumors regarding some internal projects trying to rebuild Siri from scratch on the totally new architecture. However, what is more realistic is uh, some kind of co-pilot uh, remake in Xcode. And we already have Xcode Cloud. Like, probably this would be the great place to have something which will be powered so by, I, by that. I, I have an idea. Apple, please, don't do your own stuff. You're not very good in cloud server. So, Let's just create a plugin for Xcode for our normal copilot. That well, would be enough. Interestingly enough, there is such a plugin. Um, Non-official. <laughs> Non-official, definitely. Yeah, but it's already there. <clears throat> However, what I would probably want to see, like let's imagine we have Xcode Cloud, right? We, we already have, we can run builds there. It does a lot of stuff um, like which normal CI would do. How about you provide automatic code review like basically uh, you're going through our code and suggest the things which are like uh, i don't know we have our reviewers but you can add additional one which will be ai powered and it will it can you know it's not static code analysis but 
it will be some kind of it can I don't know you can configure it to have uh, styling recommendations or maybe like basically only focus on like significant errors which you produce and so on so this could be a good thing and I'm not sure like how uh, like I'm definitely not sure that this will happen on WWDC but during the year they, they could land this feature on Xcode Cloud and it's they can announce it and then implement yeah, land it, it for like the rest in of December. the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Late it, in December, January. <laughs> yeah, somewhere like later. Yeah. But again, it feels quite natural to have it in Xcode Cloud. Again, like you will not be able to run it locally for now because of the of of the nature of these models. And I'm not again it depends how much they will charge for that, but it's still for me it looks it will make your uh, the uh, xcloud offering xcode cloud offering more uh, useful for the developers because like now we have not just ci which you have to have for your ios projects and a separate one for android but now you will have something something valuable something interesting and, uh, and finally what do you apple can you they can use all the gpu power that they have in arm <laughs> chips <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's that's another another thing. So, um, actually, well, I, I, what, yeah, what, what would be better is to have uh, these stuff locally with oh, yeah. focus on privacy and remembering that we have a special neural engine chip inside uh, M series. Yeah. So, uh, I understand that it's impossible to run a large language model on phone now. Okay, but run some kind of neural engine uh, focused more on like working with the text on your Mac, where you have a lot of power and a lot of uh, memory and capacity. Why not? It's interesting that you're saying about that because there are a lot of experiments now. Like we we see how uh, these LLMs are going to like two directions. Uh, one direction is basically build more sophisticated models like 400 billion parameters I know I, I think like they will go to trillion parameters sometime soon but mm. these models need a lot of power to run and therefore like if you try to use uh, ChatGPT4 on OpenAI you have quite limited amount of requests you can make you have quite limited amount of the uh, uh, like the, the response time is significant so you basically cannot scale that right now and you have you, to fall you back can, to you can, like, you can pay twenty bucks a month, and it's still like they, they <laughs> limit you a lot. Sure, you, sure. So it's it, it that basically means that their data centers are overloaded with that, so they they basically cannot scale that easily. On the other hand, there is another direction, basic, basically taking I don't know like three point five and make small model which operates well probably worse than ChatGPT three point five. But in a, in an like enclosure which will work on your personal uh, device, and like sometimes you don't need all the knowledge of the world and all the capacity if you can limit that to your specific area, but still run this model locally, then it's a huge win. And I think Apple definitely will be exploring that option as well in order to run that on your uh, personal devices and. Currently, we don't need to just uh, say about phones and uh, uh, laptops. We will talk about that a little bit later, like because I think there is another opportunity where you can put these models. Uh. Being honest, uh, 
I uh, didn't watch uh, Google presentation with AI, 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 all this stuff. Yeah. But I read a lot about that. And what I heard about that, so uh, this is like what they presented and what is good. So first of all, they have three versions of their current uh, Palm 2 model, like small, large, and extra <laughs> yeah. large. So it depends on number of parameters, of course. Uh, and then uh, they announced different small models, specialized models. I remember medical, uh, uh, like something uh, like about law and other stuff. So... And this is something interesting. So as far as I understand what they do, they just uh, use this small model. At some point of time, they stop uh, learning it. Then they just start learning it on specific topic. So uh, at the point that it gathers some like basic knowledge, after that, they start doing all the specialized thing. So, and... Yes, we don't need all this stuff. Uh, like I, I don't need, I don't need chat on my phone, Pinami. So I yeah. need more smart Siri and probably more smart auto completion. <laughs> oh yeah, so, the smarter keyboard is something which we all would like to have. But again, private, private, private. Yeah, locally. And the bad thing that this will significantly uh, affect our better life. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. and I believe in, so if it's so, Apple will not do this, I hope. <laughs> or they say, oh, yeah. okay, guys, we have iPhone 14 and 15, so have fun. It has a lot of battery. Uh, yeah. Congrats, uh, users of old uh, phones. And, but yeah, um, I hope, like so this but this is everything about software yeah but what apple can do they can do something very radical in terms of hardware because now they okay they're not like major competitor to nvidia but since they worked on their neural engine and ml stuff for a while maybe yeah. they have something in their pocket to show us maybe not to deliver this this year but to say okay guys see Now we have a chip that can multiply all these matrices uh, five times faster than it was before. Five yeah. times faster? This is... Okay, okay, maybe it will be such slow. Okay, but it will consume five times less power. Exactly, yeah. Oh, That's... this would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, we'll see. I mean, the current uh, predictions that they will be showing M3 cheap on WWDC with probably uh, MacBook Air 15-inch or something like that. Mac Pro. On the Mac Pro, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's actually actually long overdue. I mean, they, they definitely need. And honestly, uh, if they can run... Uh, so they have Mac Studio. Uh, you can take even like M2 Ultra. If you can run multiple M2, M2, M2 Ultra? Ultras in one... Well, I mean, it, no, there is no, there is no. But ah, if you okay. if you take like, well, I mean, it's obviously easy easy to implement the ultra chip. I mean, uh, if they can solve the or uh, the um, deliver, <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 a complicated thing. But they had M1 Ultra and M2 is basically uh, is um, it's not a big of a difference between M1 and M2. So they they probably can make M2 Ultra. But 
like let's imagine you can somehow run two M2, M2 Ultras in one enclosure and then here here is your Mac Pro actually. Um, I mean it's I'm not sure if if that's possible to run M2 uh, multiple chips so they, they can scale the chip but uh, this is the system on the chip it's not uh, just the cpu so they probably need to solve a lot more uh, issues with that but yeah i would i would about to say just uh oh so apple uh so mac pro is all about extensibility so they never do this non-extendable and now i remember a mac pro crash can so, yes yeah. that, uh, that was not a problem for for, for that but um yeah, and uh, extensibility, like one of the things which you would probably want to have extensible is memory and uh, it's part of the system on, on the chip and therefore like it's not extendable. So, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't know in, in regards to Mac Pro in terms of extensibility. However, the extension cards, well, I think that's doable. Like they might use the standard interfaces, I know, like uh, something which is industry standard now, but I don't know, I mean... Okay. I'm not Apple, sure they will release believe. anything. Yeah. We believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's give us uh before we move to the next topic uh so how do you think will we see something uh for the developers based on language large language models uh, from Apple announced on WWDC? What's your uh And we will be kept accountable for what we're saying here. <laughs> okay, yes. I I hope I believe that they deliver something for developers because for users so be honest. Users want to have something, something, uh, something like these on their phones, yeah. and I'm not sure that we are ready to deliver this on phone right now. But on Macs, on Xcode, probably with Xcode Cloud based. Yes, yes, I hope so because it's a hype train they can use for like yeah. uh, for their benefit. Well, my um, again, I didn't hear any rumors about that, but I still hope, and I have small expectation that they might at least announce something based on uh, on this for and again my, my prediction is it will be a part of the Xcode cloud offering some something some which will comes from come from that how uh, how and what exactly uh, I'm, I'm i'm not i mean again I, I would i i don't think there will be like a lot of stuff happening there but they might announce something and then deliver that late much later into the year so they can so they can uh, do a very beautiful move just by uh, leaving pricing for Xcode Cloud the same. Right. Yeah. Uh, deliver new features. Because, being honest, I don't know a lot of people who use Xcode Cloud. And probably, uh, even if uh, they introduce new features and people start using it, they probably will not use Xcode Cloud as a CI. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So, and they still will have some profit from this. This might be a good idea. Yeah, so I, uh, like our consensus is that if they want to improve the adoption of Xcode Cloud, this uh, language, uh, large language models, co-pilot uh, uh, opponent will be a really great addition. So Apple, like, if you don't do that right now, like, listen to us and like, consider this. You know, we, we are you experts have, here. <laughs> okay, you, you have weekend, please. Yeah. Just do something. Okay. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least you can make slides about that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But I believe they already uh, recorded everything, unfortunately. Yeah. But they Probably. can edit yeah. with their new final cut on iPad. Right. And by the way, we will be talking about iPads uh, in a bit. I mean, I have uh, a theory and like, yeah, I'm following the rumors here, but it's still an interesting thing why iPad is now 
really important platform. But before that, let's focus on, on one announcement which is already uh, which already happened, uh, the accessibility features. And like this happens uh, for a couple of years already. So they announced some new features before WWDC. Uh, that's um, for the Global uh, Accessibility Awareness Day. And there are two features I would like to talk here. First is the assistive access, which is basically uh, like significant simplification of the applications. And they showed a couple of those, like the phone, the messages and the camera. And the idea there is you only like strip out everything and leave only essential feature of the application. And uh, well, yeah, they tailor that for the people who might need more focus because like they 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 need to have um, like less distractions. But that's actually a really great idea, which other developers could probably follow as well. Like we have a lot of applications which do everything, and there was a trend creating on these super apps, which like again like do a lot, but why? And if you strip out everything and leave essentials essential features of your applications maybe some users will appreciate that and um, like at least if you um, do that as an option in your application you can do that right now by the way you don't need to wait for apple to release new operating systems you can have an i don't know switch in your settings which will say like yeah like just simplify and have mm. three screens instead of 20 right and uh, do like if you're doing messaging just leave the messaging, like that's it. Don't add payments there. The screens, add, that's it. Yeah, and um, so the, I personally, I think this is a really great trend. And if Apple provides developers with maybe like uh, you can check if this simplified mode is turned on, so you can uh, redo like show different version of UI of your application. That and I. Kind of, I mean, I was trying to read the um, press release. There is no mentions about the uh, APIs. Maybe I was reading it not thorough enough, but I expect that there will be something that you can adjust your own applications as well. So um, that that seems interesting, at least for me, uh, the idea of having um, simple and uh, straightforward version of your application, which targets only essential feature of, of that. Yep, so yep. we'll see. And another thing, and that will be our... Uh, gradual uh, shift to the another topic. So they showed another thing, which is like the detection mode in magnifier. So you take your iPhone, uh, launch your magnifier uh, application, which is basically like uh, digital zoom of, uh, of the camera. And then it already does a lot of things. It, it can detect people, it can detect people, doors, something like that. But now you can point your finger, like hold your phone and point the finger to something and uh, this application will detect that object and read the text from that. And they were showing example of buttons on the microwave. It, it will show like what the button says, which is great. However, <laughs> and here comes the transition. What other device could use the same technology without accessibility features and without you having to hold something in your hand? But you have to hold something on your head. On exactly. your head. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so, some headset. <laughs> yes, exactly. And actually, my theory, my theory here, that this magnifier uh, uh, object detection mode um, is a feature which was added to accessibility, but it comes from totally different team. But rather for, from the team who was working on the UI for the headset. So, um, and we, okay, let, let, let's now just uh, uh, recap. We all 
expect Apple to show some kind of headset, which most of the um, uh, journalists call Reality Pro. Who knows how Apple exactly will call it, but probably, well, we'll see. And it will be powered by XROS or Reality OS or whatever. Impossible to pronounce. Yeah. Please, so, no. Uh, and the idea there is that it will be the virtual, uh, so it, it will not have the transparent screens, but it will rather, like you will have the screens on your, uh, on, on sh showing picture to your eyes, but it will also have cameras which will look forward and like send to your eyes the image of the AR. Okay, and therefore, how, you, yeah. how your phone feels. Exactly. But it's like it will be attached phone. to your eyes. Yeah. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a question to you. How your phone feels? Because, okay, now it's... Uh, okay, my phone feels bad. Okay, yeah, I see that. <laughs> so uh, just for those who are interested, I'm using the continuity camera, and which actually pretty well, but as we can see... It, so uh, you can see that we should not believe <laughs> in this exactly. reality it, with the cameras. <laughs> that's actually an interesting idea. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> Um, no, I think that we, we don't need to believe the cables and everything and uh, all the connections we have to do. So let's get back to the topic. So we have now this idea of having the headset, which will be um, announced on WWDC and probably will be available for a purchase in December. I think they, they, they need to target something like uh, Christmas here. And um, well, like as always... Another thing, we again, we can expect that this headset will be hugely expensive, like $3,000, maybe more. Uh, and many, it will be targeted... How, how on, many Mac Minis you can buy? <laughs> right. So they, they will be targeting the developers and professionals here with that, um, which is reasonable, especially <clears throat> if you want to release something more um, like affordable later. But you need the, the, to have an ecosystem already, you need to have an application, you need to have a lot more stuff already existing. So the uh, regular uh, consumers will be able to just buy and get, they will instantly have all, all the things available to them. So um, that seems okay, like, right? Yeah, but what, like, what purpose, like what applications do you see for this? Oh, yeah, that's actually, that's really good question. So... Um, Every time we talk about this headset, the main question is why, why do why do I need it, right? Well, obviously you can play games, but that's not the thing which will Apple target as the main. Well, I mean that will be one of the main features, of course. Like the, that's that's great and, and everything, but that's that couldn't be the only thing. Um, I was looking to other options like Magic Leap or Hololens, and um, unfortunately those are terrible. <laughs> they are AR uh, headsets, <clears throat> and they like they have either like very small field of view, which basically makes it impossible to use. Like you, and they have pretty bad displays, and uh, so they they are expensive but not usable. Like for me personally, a um, couple of cases I would uh, I thought might be interesting. Let's imagine you have you are developer, software developer. You do a lot of coding. You do a lot of uh, um, I don't know, Interface prototyping, or... interfacing, yeah. What you can have, like, we are currently limited by the amount of screens we have. Like, we probably, you have your MacBook, you have maybe uh, additional screens attached to you to the side, and maybe another one, like, if you're... And now imagine you have unlimited screen. So you have your headset, and you can look around, and you have a lot of screens everywhere. 
and you can interact with it. Finally, I can place all my yeah. windows into one screen. <laughs> and uh, that seems interesting. I mean, I, I read a couple of rumors that you will be able to attach your this headset to the Mac as a separate screen. And I mean, that might be the case, like not the separate screen, like showing in, in your eyes constantly, but rather virtual screen, which will be standing nearby your Mac. The only thing that we need for that is that the resolution of these displays should be good enough so you can read the text. Because this is crucial. If you, if the resolution is like will not be provide you with the reading capabilities, then this like you as a developer will not be able to use that. So that's one thing. And we kind of expect that the the resolution will be good. Maybe this price is because they're gonna use, for example, Minulet uh, displays there. That's um, that's one of the topics what Apple can uh, do. So they can use superior display technology there. I've read a rumor about some micro OLED displays. I'm not exactly sure what's that. So um, from my understanding, the current OLED displays, you kind of hard to miniaturize enough so to have the uh, good resolution. That's why almost all uh, vendors using LCDs. And that's basically like they're not using micro LED and therefore like you have a bad uh, uh, contrast ratio and so on and so on. So they might create great displays there and uh, that might benefit, uh, will, will make you use this device better. Um, another thing which they can use is actually, which we already can have, we have vision framework and we can have gesture hand recognition and everything. So let's imagine we will have multi-touch for AR. Like, First iPhone provided you with the multi-touch gesture on the screen. And that was like a huge deal. I mean, that was so simple and was, was so intu intuitive and that that worked. In order for the headset to work, you don't need the controllers. I mean, again, if you need the controllers for that, that basically you already failed. Like that's not something you would like. If you can use your hands and the device will uh, be able to recognize your hands and gestures precise enough, then you have a winner here. So. Uh, all the current implementations, they also have these uh, gesture recognitions and everything, but they're quite flaky, let's put it that way. So this is another thing. So if you can use your hands and that, and that will work, that will bring this device to next level. And let's put that to uh, put that aside. So like no, no, no additional controllers. However, like again, we have watches, we have, we have phones and we have ultra wideband chips in those. We have... Uh our Apple TV remotes. <laughs> I can also buy two. True. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, <laughs> no. Uh, but again, I think that the uh, Apple piloting LiDAR in iPad, uh, then they were piloting ultra wideband uh, with the iPhone and uh, then uh, uh, AirTags. This is something which is looks quite interesting for the headset. Precise yes. positioning. Please. They they allow us to unlock our phone with face, so yeah. probably they know something about that. Right. So what what's the um, so what about the iPads? Um, couple of rumors said <laughs> that the iPad OS applications will be able to run on the headset. So some kind of virtualized environment. We were, we were talking about the screens. What I imagine is that, well, currently iPad can have stage manager and multiple windows and everything. Now let's imagine you have all of the screens already in like in the virtual world and you interact with them with the, with the hands and maybe glance. So you can look at the specific app, it will be automatically expanded and you can interact with it. You look away, it can, uh, like minimizes and everything. That looks 
first of all, that looks doable. Like, I'm not sure if they will be doing exactly that, but that looks pretty like, uh, well, I mean, with their uh, capabilities, they, they, will, they will be able to implement that. Yes, but how to sell this to average housewife? <laughs> um, if you're selling that to the professionals, then you need some professional software for that. And we now have Final Cut Pro for the iPad. Yes. So let's imagine you are sitting on your um, desk and uh, uh, editing a movie, like dragging something somewhere, putting together. And like you don't need a lot of screens there to, 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 combi to combine the, the things together. And uh, for the Logic Pro, again, you're working on your new great song. I, I cannot share this. So just, I got a message from my daughter to, uh, where I asked for more time in YouTube Kids. So it's just a message for me and my wife. It's awesome. Technology is yeah, yeah. just... Ah. <laughs> right. So um, I think the iPad uh, OS and uh, its capabilities is a good thing to start uh, seeding the ecosystem for the headset because... The applications there, as I said, you can resize the windows. They have uh, their uh, restrictions, so you can take Mac applications and put it to the headset because they are well, there are a lot of unrestricted things you can do, and, and you a lot, don't and want a lot that. of very very outdated APIs. Exactly. So you need something which you have more control of, and iPadOS seems to be exactly that. You have interactions, okay? You well, so you need some kind of new way of interacting with these virtual applications. But again, hand recognitions uh, probably will play a role there. Maybe oh, something else. You can you can connect your magic mouse. <laughs> That's a, yes, or magic trackpad, or or magic yeah. keyboard as well. That's also, by the way, also the case. Uh, so this is a part uh, like adding productivity software to the headset with the, with the help of um, iPad. So this seems kind so of... it looks like Xcode will be released sooner to a Reality Pro rather than iPad. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, my mom, maybe that will be like basically something. So again, like looking into this, it seems like pretty logical here. So we are like, like constructing everything uh, there. But you will still need the like... Mm, let's see, native applications for AR. And that should be like something which uses full capabilities of that. And thus, we currently hear the rumors that the, these capabilities, um, so it's basically will be M3 chip. And um, there will be a lot of sensors looking, I don't know. So the, I, I heard the rumor that they will be checking the face expressions and your eye movements. So there will be cameras looking into your eyes. There will be cameras looking into your face, like from like probably down from the headset uh, edges. And there will be cameras looking forward and maybe uh, sideways in order not to, like basically when you're doing a lot of head gest hand gestures, you don't want this hand to be um, like stopped from the scanning when you like moved it uh, uh, away from the cameras, uh, what, what camera can see. So they probably have a lot of cameras there. <laughs> so now I understand why Apple focused so much on privacy last years because having cameras everywhere. Yes, <laughs> you should trust Apple in this case. Exactly, and. Um, uh, one sketchy rumor. So that's another thing. So the, the, the headset, like from what we can see now, it looks like your, I don't know, ski mask, right? It's, but it's just black outside. One of the, uh, I don't know, journalists said that they might project something on the 
so the, this black uh, screen outside will be actually a screen. Like it will it will show your eyes there, which is emojis, emojis, uh, emojis. <laughs> yeah, that could be kind of creepy. However, like let's uh, my, my personal thing. So why why do we, why do you need that? You need like if somebody uh, if you look into somebody who is wearing this head uh, head mask, <laughs> and uh, you don't see his uh, or her eyes, then. It's a problem. Like you, you lost um, some of the uh, facial clues, and you don't understand if the person looks to you or not. But uh, like projecting the eyes, like with the full uh, brightness, that's also not a good option because it's basically, first of all, the, the the screen is like it's offset from your eyes, and it will be it will be it definitely will be looking a little bit creepy. However, if you put that dimmed, like you will look into person as the person wears some kind of uh, sunglasses. Like the, it will, you will still some still see something like dimmed, but uh, you will still see movements and everything. That's actually an interesting idea, and that might differentiate, and that ma might make this uh, headset more sociable. Like you, you will see that it's actually a person uh, wearing glasses rather than the person wearing something, and the person doesn't see you. So, so to buy uh, Ray-Ban. Uh... A reality face you have to pay extra 300 bucks <laughs> yeah well again uh, i don't think honestly i don't think that this will actually happen however that might be an interesting thing to see this uh, like external screens that will make it a little bit easier to communicate with the person who is wearing um, this headset so um, I, I wouldn't say that will happen but the, if that happens, that would be really cool if they can make it not creepy. <laughs> so, a uh, couple more yeah. things. Being be no, be yeah. be honest, before uh, I talk with you, I was so skeptic about that stuff. <laughs> now, I believe that, okay, someone can buy this. And especially if they do this stuff with a screen outside. Yeah. Oh, this will be so popular, I think, for not kids, but teenagers. Uh, because... Mm, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you, uh, in the US, not me. I believe for, in the US, it's not a big deal for rich kids to buy something like this for three thousand uh, dollars. Oh yeah. <laughs> so maybe that. And if so, maybe uh, okay. We are we are too old. <laughs> we cannot understand <laughs> this. But for them, that may be okay. And Snapchat had not this. But yeah. somewhat these AR stuff in their uh, device. And they yeah. had a partnership with Ray-Ban, as far as I remember, but I'm not sure about that. It, I think it was Facebook uh, partnering with the, the Ray-Ban. Okay. But it's, it was creepy, yeah. <laughs> but I believe that uh, teenagers can love this if these... And, okay, this is Apple. This is tightly connected with the whole ecosystem. Yeah. Maybe... Maybe they they are target uh, like audience for this uh, stuff for now. Um, I'm also uh, I was scouting for for recent AR and like announcements which were happening like a couple of years. Like since AR Kit was introduced, there are a lot of new features added. So uh, first of all, collaboration. Like um, even on WWDC, they were uh, giving you iPads to play some games. So you you were using iPad in order to game uh, to use some game in uh, this AR reality so you you needed to push the ball to the other side so AR kit and reality kit provide you with an ability to collaborate on the same 
AR object with multiple people in the same in the same room. Definitely, that would be a feature of the uh, headset. Well, we 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 know that it will be. <laughs> okay, so we can develop a game like surgeon uh, team. Yeah, yeah. main surgeon. <laughs> or like if we skip the games, let's imagine we have a, a meeting where where you present your project of I don't know a new high, uh, skyscraper and you have the model on the table but it's just a virtual model and you can work with it together or it's a car or it's uh, some new device which you show and you basically interact with it but you don't actually have to build it from any physical materials and uh, every, every person in the room takes the headset and they uh, work with that together ask questions and they still in the same room and they still communicate with the same thing but they are basically using this headset. So there is some business cases for that as well. Um, another topic which they introduced quite recently is the room plan. Basically the idea which you can scan your uh, rooms with the uh, AR. And I actually don't have exact business case now how it can fit the, the, the headset. But it definitely feels that a room understanding might be a good idea. Um, they can partner uh, with uh, IKEA and sell virtual oh, yeah. furniture, yeah, and you will have nothing else in your room. Yeah, but, that's that's uh, easy. That's that's that, that's the simple thing. But uh, what else could you do with that? I'm I'm not yet sure yet. Uh, but it seems that this room plan with the uh, AR headset might have some more things there. I don't know, like virtual. Um, paintings on the walls and everything like something like that you can do easily um and the ultra wideband uh which by the way also exists in the um uh, home pods so what if like for now it's only when you wear your headset but what if you look into specific uh appliance and tell it to turn on and by uh, by having the ultra wideband chip you can easily detect exact appliance you're talking to. So you're talking to this particular uh, speaker or you're talking to this, I don't know, uh, ultra wideband enabled uh, lamp and it will turn on because it knows that you're speaking to that. However, that will require you always wearing that headset, which is kind of weird for now. And especially like the probably the battery life. I don't know. The, so f first of all, the rumors are that the battery will be on your belt rather than on the head. And even with that, it will still be like two, three hours of battery life. So it's not that you will be walking all day. And um, just one thing aside, maybe that's a good thing because your eyes need to rest. <laughs> um, like wearing this headset all the time probably will, even like Apple knows how to do that. But they still be staring into monitor. You don't yeah. get used to this. <laughs> yeah. Right. But we, we, we were, we're all want to like, yeah, but we, the, Currently, like we say to, to the kids, like, don't stare in the monitor for the whole time. No, I'm not staring in the monitor. I'm just wearing glasses. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I was staring the, the, to the screen. Now I just take the glasses and yeah, I'm not t t touching my phone anymore, uh, anymore. So we'll see. And again, like the more rumors I've heard and the more investigations I did, it seems that it's actually not a pretty, like the, just the hype idea to have this headset. It actually can have some uh, real cases and that might be interesting. However, we're all now wait for Apple to show it, show it and um, provide us with the, with the new stuff. So 
again, I'm still think, I still think that we, we are missing something which Apple already implemented. So there might be additional features which we didn't think about that. But they before we wrap up. They're, yeah. they're really good in uh, like designing new stuff that you yeah. never thought about that. Yeah. So one thing I would like to ask like every listener who are like still listening to us or uh, watching or anything. Um, so what will be the framework to develop applications for that? So we, we, we have SwiftUI, right? <laughs> um, what kind of 3D SwiftUI we will have for that? I mean, like... Uh, um, my idea, like for the Siri, and let's imagine like the ideal world. Uh, when you have these glasses, what you can have is something like Jarvis or whatever. Like you wave your hands in the air and everything happens. Like you, you combine everything together. Like there are a lot of stuff. But this should be also in intelligence. So the voice control or like voice assistant, which will communicate with you properly. And uh, by the way, yeah, we, we didn't mention, but the Apple also had special audio, the like, uh, properly positioned audio sources so it's already there so i think you will need to have your um, special audio enabled headphones for better experience for that and a couple of headphones uh, apple already have with that so um, i think that might boost this their sales sales as well so but getting everything together so if you can have something which you will interact like expressively like you know waving your hands in the air and uh, telling something yeah give me that file like put it here and I mean, that's actually not that far. And uh, we, we, the only thing is, will that be actually, I don't know, effective? Like, that, that, like we, we saw that in, in the movies. So the, the people are doing a lot of stuff with that. But will that actually be working for regular engineers, uh, regular you know, creative uh, people? Uh, time will tell, I think. Uh, yeah, but uh, let's remember how Apple Watch started. We could barely use first, like, <laughs> Series Zero. It was yeah. unusable, being honest. And now we have uh, Apple Watch Ultra. Yeah, it took about eight years to get yeah, to this did. point. But yeah. finally, Apple Watch is something that you can use for many, many cases, in, like, in many situations in your life. Starting right. from, I don't know, uh, measuring your uh, blood, like, Oxygen level Oxygen, and other yeah. stuff, which is important. And yeah, so this is interesting to see how Apple uh, and taking into account all uh, experience that Apple have with uh, introducing new products. Maybe, maybe that would work. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, um, th this WWDC we really look forward to. And uh, so um, as regards to the episodes, I think we will have some kind of recap of WWDC uh, like the week after WWDC or maybe two weeks, depending on, on the how, how busy we'll, we will be with that. And, uh, You're in all these sessions. About yeah, but um, I, I don't think are. we will be doing anything during WWDC week. I mean, that's, uh, no. um, yeah. I, I, I definitely have to go through, through a lot of sessions uh, this year and yeah, so we, we, we will be kind of busy. So hopefully you as our viewers and listeners will also be following that. And, uh, so we will try not to distract you from that as well. So it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, there will be a yeah. lot of to, 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 to get there. Um, the only thing I am I'm currently in my mind, like it will be really interesting if Apple doesn't show the headset. Oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I would be so happy. <laughs> we, we have a lot of theories and like, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, here are your uh, bug, fix release, bug fix releases for the iOS, macOS, and that's it. Uh, have a nice day, guys. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Someone someone mentioned that. Okay, it's now going to ha- we're gonna have uh, iOS seventeen, and you remember what happened uh, in iOS seven? We got a whole oh, yeah. new interface design. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, maybe well, they, they 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 trying to uh, do this all fa- false uh, stuff with XR <laughs> just to distract us from real change. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, so um, do you have anything else for to discuss today? I think we can then wrap things up. Uh, thank spent you. One guys. hour talking about XR stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that, that was fun. But again, we we will see next time, and we will try to get through what did we predict and hoped for, and what we actually got. <laughs> and uh, we will try to expectation the checks there. Reality. Yeah, Reality. yeah exactly, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> it would be interesting to compare. I mean, that that's uh, that 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 would yeah. be a fun part, definitely. So. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us, uh, listening, watching, everything. Um, give us a review, subscribe whenever you can subscribe, uh, do whatever you want, uh, or like ratings, reviews, everything. We, we, we will be happy to hear from you, and uh, we will see you next time quite soon. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone.